0: This Week in League, Jamie Soward heads out west to enjoy a saucer of oak milk. Ray Hadley doesn't think David Smith is much of a CEO three-quarter. We discover that the REP in REP Weekend
1: stands for Repugnant. And we preview all of the action for Round 7 of the 2013
0: NRL season. All that and more this week in League. Welcome to episode 117 of this week in league. I'm Nate, and I'm Glenn,
1: and you're losing your voice.
0: I am Isn't fucking losing. I am losing my voice. It fucking, it happens. It happens once a season, pretty much. But um, yesterday I was struck down by, I think something I ate for breakfast. Um, you know, when you got the eggs, and you go to cook up the eggs, you should always get a jug of water and put the eggs in the jug of water and see if they float or sink first. Yes. And you know, because then if you saw that maybe one of them might have floated, then you realise it might have made you sick.
1: I've only ever had food poisoning once, and it was yeah. from eggs.
0: Yeah, I don't know. No, I I've
1: never been so fucking sick in all my life.
0: Yeah, see, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't know if this is like full-fledged food poisoning because usually that knocks you out for a couple of days. But um, literally, I was fine in the morning. Had breakfast, you know, pretty early, like before seven. All good. I was actually about to go for a run at about 10:30, and I was about to hit some supplements and everything before I went. And then I had a big drink of water, like probably about 500 mils of water, and I was just like. Oh, fuck, that went right down to the bottom. Fuck, I'm starving. I might have a banana or something before I go. And I sort of just sort of stretched just to, you know, just because my guts was like, it was just, you know, it's like you know, having a water on an empty stomach feeling. But I was like, fucking, hang on a minute. Went in the bathroom, fucking power spew. Awesome. Three power spews in a row, followed by another seven, followed by another five in the period of about an hour. So, how'd your run go? Didn't end up doing the run. Oh, wow. ended, up, ended, ended up run, ended up running ended up running running straight to bed to, to sleep for about four hours, and then I wake <laughs> up and then um, then I thought it was dinner time. i like, uh don't. I was sipping on Hydrolite for you know a couple of hours from about three o'clock in Yarbo, and um, that wasn't coming back up. So I'm like, okay, and then so dinner time came around. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna I'll have some dinner, and I thought I'll just have a little bit. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm just gonna stuff myself because I'm starving. And if I'm going to spew, whether I have a little bit or a lot, I'm going to spew anyway. So, you oh, know. spoken like a,
1: <laughs> spoken like a true bulimic. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. I'm going to spew anyway, and it didn't it didn't come up, so uh, it was all good and uh, yeah, happy days, and, and I'm fine now. So, but from all from you know what, 15 or 17 power spews, all that acid coming back up the other way is is parched my vocal cords and they're not the best at the oh, moment so. that's unfortunate poor you so, yeah. anyway
1: I'm sure no one cares let's get on with the show because um, okay. I certainly don't care
0: um, just want to give a shout out to Tiger underscore Benji I'll give a shout out to a lot of people actually um, sent us YouTubes and all this sort of stuff of Tom Waterhouse uh, talking about the city country game and uh, you know dropping an inadvertent C-bomb but the Biggest shout-out goes to Tiger underscore Benji because he actually sent us an audio file of it, and, uh, emailed it over. So, thank you, sir. Now... <coughs> He's quite technically gifted, that boy, for a git. Uh, he is, isn't he? I mean, remember he did, like, a, a best-of episode at the end of Season 1, and, you know, yeah. then he dropped the ball in Season 2, Season 3, and...
1: Lives in Alstonville uh, via Toowoomba. Yeah,
0: and, and like, Alston, Alstonville's just, like, what? It's just, like, Lismore East? Yeah. Pretty much? Lower Lismore. Lower Lismore, Lismore yeah. yeah. Um, But if like you Like, going
1: from fucking... Campbelltown to South
0: Campbelltown really <laughs> that's the fucking dumbest <laughs> do you want to have another crack at that
1: yeah I was trying to think of a really redneck town but but worse but that didn't involve Toowoomba oh, okay and uh, that's all I could come up with
0: are well, you say you like going from like you know like you know Woodridge to a or something like that
1: yeah that's that's not too bad but it, it's not so much redneck that's just violence and crime
0: yeah I don't know. We'll come back to that. Don't know much of the redneck areas. But anyway, um, for those who don't know what we're talking about Tom Waterhouse uh, dropping the uh sort of dropping a sea well, I mean, not really, but you know, Twitter lit up about it and you know, they really loved it. So Everyone jumps all over Tom. Every uh, Tom And he fucking deserves it, rightfully so. Yeah. And um and actually we don't have it in in the news, but you see that um the the, the government's cracking down on advertising for yes. gambling even more, tightening the screws. Yeah, to the point where he'll pretty much be eradicated from the broadcasts. And um, I wonder if he gets a refund on that, fifteen million or whatever it was that he paid to be like you know a, a significant part of the broadcast. Probably Does he not. pay
1: that per season? Because um, wasn't it like a fifty million dollar <clears throat> package or something? Yeah,
0: yeah, but then that was to the NRL to be the the gambling supplier but then to channel 9 there was an additional 15 which was okay. to get him in the coverages and stuff like that but anyway um looks like fuck off tom's working a treat and actually had an email from Scott who sent us the you know who did the shirts up and everything like that he sent an email said I've got more pictures of those if you want me to send them over so um I will get them and I'll get them up on the facebook and everything because the people seem to really like them but the c bomb went a little something like this well I'm looking forward to Sunday's game city vs Country. City versus Country—it's always a close affair between these two sides. Only two games in the last nine years have been decided by more than ten. So there you have it, Tom Waterhouse, yeah, you, Tom. filthy, filthy, dirty mouth. Kiss your
1: mother without mouth, Tom. <laughs> of course you do every morning.
0: News, okay, um, quick fire stuff, and I don't have the person's name this week, and it's not someone who we're going to dedicate the clock to, but someone messaged us on Facebook, and I, I should look the guy up and give him credit, because he's an absolute, he's a genius and a gentleman as well. And a scholar. Yes, and a scholar, and a scholar as well, and uh, and a true super fan of the show as well. He sent us a message, Jacob Curran is his name, and uh, he is... Um, sent us a message on Wednesday last week, so just after the show last week came out. Hey guys, I just want to say I love the incessant ticking clock that has no apparent time limit on this week in Game of Thrones. I recommend the show wherever I can, keep up the good work. So, um, because he was nice about the clock, it's not dedicated to him. I mean, we usually save that for the haters. Yes. But yeah, uh, in any case, thanks for that. And uh, the time starts now. This is a short story. Only reason it's short is because it happened almost immediately after the show came out last week, so it's a bit old to really talk about in depth. Jamie Soward goes to Penrith. Four-year deal. Four-year deal. Do you remember? Do you remember what happened when that deal was announced? <laughs> I sent you a text. Yes. <laughs> I think it was through a work day. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I sent you an SMS. And uh, where did it go? Um, it said all capitals. Panthers signed South to a four-year deal. L O L O L O L O L O L fucking retards. And to which you replied, L o l o l o l. It
1: was definitely the funniest thing I've heard that day, and I don't think I've heard anything funnier since. It's uh, a strange one. Uh, Gus and Ivan Cleary had sort of given the impression that they were building something out there at Penrith and, and attracting a, a certain. Uh, Character of player and 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 sourd, signing Soward flies in the face of all of that. Um, a lot of people ragging on Luke Walsh and and rejoicing, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: rejoicing at signing Soward. But you had like you had you had phases like the initial Penrith. There were a lot of Penrith people in the initial. Well, the initial Dragons reaction was, oh my God, no, and Penrith people were like the initial reaction was like, oh my, oh my God, God, no, no. <laughs> and then. Then the Dragons people are still kinda of like, Oh no, poor Jamie, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking cry. But um then the Penrith people initially they're like, Well fuck, we got this guy's for four years, we've got to deal with this guy and so then they start talking him up, going, Oh yeah, he's a great, you know, a sucking sucking gus on the ball. Good runner,
1: balls. I saw someone say he's a good runner of the ball, uh, he's got a good kicking game. Seems a bit like Luke Walsh. Yeah. I don't yeah. know that Jamie Sowers running game is any better or worse than Luke Walsh's.
0: And he's just and and looking, looking at uh, Gus's nuts as well, going, "Oh, you know, great pickup, Gus. You're doing great things. You got great, great vision for the club, and blah, blah, blah." And oh, uh, mate, I didn't think that Sow had had another four years in the NRL. I'll be perfectly honest. I thought he might have even go to England next I year. I think but... you're 100
1: percent correct. Um, was Gus involved when Sal was at the Roosters? Was Gus involved when Sow? In asshole on him?
0: Yeah, I, I, I would, I would assume if he wasn't. Well, I know Ricky have been Stewart close. wasn't a big fan, right? Yeah, yeah, and then Gus was overseeing Ricky, wasn't he? For a portion At least for, of time, at least for a part so. of it, yeah. So it's possible. I mean, if you know, if, if we were professionals, we'd go maybe back and Maybe he really look at hates timing. him. Yeah, maybe.
1: Maybe he really hates him just signing a four-year deal and playing him in Reggie's every week. Not that it bothers Jamie.
0: That'd be funny. That'd be very, yeah, Plenty of oat
1: milk and lots of cash by the sound of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ray Hadley spraying David Smith. With? Just his usual bullying shit. Oh, calling so him, not call like a Tomcat spraying yeah, call, call him dun- No, no, calling him a dunce and, you know... Basically firing up and saying he was shit ass. I think Ray Hadley can just fuck off, really. Yeah. Well, since when does Ray Hadley's opinion matter? Especially when it's come out and like it's so it's so known what a just what a fuckhead bully he is, and you yeah. know just tries to throw his weight around everything, thinks he's the fucking king of everything. I mean, David Smith, especially after today's press conference. Did you watch that press conference with no. the Green Bay thing? After that today's I press read conference. Some, um, excerpts from it. I mean, he was, like, Smith was fired up, and he was fucking great. He was a dude that was in control. Um, and, you know, so basically, on the Hadley side, we'll get to the Greenberg thing, but on the Hadley side of things, just fucking shut the fuck up, Ray. I mean, you, you, you're not, you not, you're barely a commentator three-quarter. No one, I mean, you know, people turn off games that he's commentating. He's been
1: suckling on the NRL's teat for a lot of years now. A very and, long time. I mean, let's let's not forget. That's not bite the hand that feeds you, mate. At the end of the day, like your talkback yeah. radio gig came as a result of your um, continuous call mm-hmm. presence, um, you know. And quite frankly, as far as TV goes, I'm not cutting the mustard as far as I'm, I'm concerned.
0: No, it's just it's just tiresome and um, and he'll probably consider this 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 Greenberg thing a, a win for him, even though it's like been over a month in the making. Sure. Yeah, you know, just fuck with. Uh, just another quickly, uh, Dave Taylor back for the Titans. Oh, they could keep him so there
1: forever. They need to get value for money, and um, you know he got his got the wrap over the knuckles, and um, you know back to running the touchy touch line.
0: Had the opportunity to watch him uh, playing in the um, Queensland Cup or whatever it's called, uh, and what, who do you run around for? Uh, whoever Tweed, uh, okay. whoever the feeder is. Um, what a lazy fucking fat touchy he is even at that level but the thing is he was so fucking lazy he still dominated those two, <laughs> and he still dominated them so um, yeah there's just no incentive to you know and David May since he's brought him back into the side again after he served his little two week penance uh, he said that um, oh you know he tips him for you know returning to representative football
1: right just Does like that because he spent a couple of weeks on the sideline
0: yeah just like that and did he actually have two two aims off or was he had two weeks off because I reckon he had the weekend and the rep rep weekend. Yeah. So he's kinda dodged a bullet there anyway, really only had one week off anyway. But in any case, stop the clock right there and get into the biggest stories and the first one, the biggest story happened today as we record the show. And I'd just like to say, um, very appreciative of uh, of of that bald headed fool. For doing it today, because normally all the news happens on Wednesday after the show's been released, and we're like, fuck, we can't do anything about it. But Greenberg brought it forward, uh, you know, keeping this show in mind, so for that I thank him. Um, And Dave Smith today overhauled rugby league structure, and he appointed Canterbury CEO Todd Greenberg as head of football which is a uh, pivotal moment in the game's history, according to Dave Smith. Um, He restructured the NRL into seven management categories, all reporting to himself, Smith, who in turn reports to the ARL Commission. The categories are football, which will be run by Greenberg, finance, yet to be filled. I think the the finance one is actually going to be filled by the... uh, Oh, no, it's not. No, he's a COO. My mistake. So finance is yet to be filled. Operations is yet to be filled. Corporate affairs and community are yet to be filled. Marketing, digital, and content. Commercial, which will be run by the former director of marketing, commercial, Paul Kind. And strategy investment to be run by former interim CEO, Shane Matisk. Um So. What happened to McGurk? McGurk is the only person, I believe, who was demoted by this new plan. And what's he doing now? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh,
1: Cleaning lockout over toilets.
0: Possibly. Um, looks a little bit like... So they're, they're going to undertake a national and international search uh, to fill the remaining roles and hinted that they are unlikely to be filled internally. Greenberg has been secretly negotiating a deal with the NRL for several weeks and informed the Bulldogs of his decision only late yesterday. Uh, blah, 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 games talk executive. Jeez, Yeah. Uh, and he said, I have consistently said... Yeah, he's a he's a fucking soundbite machine, and this is one of his biggest ones. That he, he said it three times in the press conference, at least by my count. I've consistently said rugby league has more blue sky in front of it than any other code. Blue sky is his thing. I'm excited about the opportunity in front of me. I want to try and make a difference to the game. Smith also created a new role of chief operating officer to be filled by former New Zealand rugby league boss Jim Doyle, who apparently... According to the media, is a is a very good operator, and people seem to like him, which means he probably talks to the media because I think that that drives a lot of the, you know the shit that the media say as well, like how the relationship is with the actual guy. Oh, of course. Uh, Smith said that these appointments are a coup for the NRL and great vote of confidence in our future. And he was at great pains and he did it at the start of the press conference and he did it at the end and he made it very, very clear. And the quote was, let me make this crystal clear. These are my plans and my appointments. The commission had been consulted on the plans and had been very supportive of the changes being made. And, um, yeah, and he, and he said it actually, that's, that's a really brief version of it because he did reiterate over and over that you know, he came in, he's had a couple of months in the job, he's identified what the, what the, uh, the organization requires. So then, he, this is his recommendations to make these roles because there's a lot of speculation in the, in the morning. Oh, Todd Greenberg is going to be the deputy CEO, and yeah. you know it's not going to be long now before the asshole I made out. But he seemed very much in charge and um, He's very clear very, plan.
1: Very highly credentialed man in the business world. Yeah, and that's um, what and that's
0: what he said. He said, like, "Look, look, I I need to bring you know great people around me to you know to get the job done, and like
1: anyone in that role would.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when when asked about you know you know, being groomed to take over or whatever. Greenberg was like, oh no, you know, this is an opportunity for me as well to learn from a guy who's achieved, you know, tons of stuff in you know in the business world, and blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah, um, he's not going to take up the position for three months. He's going to be at the dogs until then and uh, he's going to help out with, the, I guess, the recruitment process and uh, of, of a new CEO and the handover and all that sort of thing. I mean, you know, you could say to make it go smoothly, but let's face it, the dogs are a club in crisis and in a shambles at the moment. So players bewildered. Players are bewildered, and um, Greenberg's left the place. You know, considering they had the, you know the Coffs Harbour thing, and you know, salary cap problems, and Spoon. Uh, arguably, he's going to leave the place in a worse condition than he found it.
1: <laughs> You're such a bitter fool. Um, Greenberg is, is by far the best administrator. Bullshit. In the uh, in the game at the moment, um, I think he's, he's taking up what is that's media bullshit. With... I reckon Shut in my up. opinion. Trying to talk. Go on, Let yeah. the big people talk.
0: Go on. Suck on his balls. <laughs> Just speaking how I feel, Nathan. What has he achieved?
1: Uh, have a look at the way he's turned Canterbury's fortunes around. They made the grand final last year. Huge success off the field financially. How many
0: premierships um, have he delivered them?
1: The way he's that's a ridiculous statement the way that he uh handles the media and and as you say that goes a long way towards um filling these sorts of roles um in high profile sporting bodies but the way he handles the media the the way he um you know he has protected the players in with some of the issues that have gone on with Canterbury um and that can only be a good thing for the NRL i think that if he has that sort of mindset and takes that uh, into his new job, then, you know, I think a lot of the media hype, etc., and, and media going after players um, on Greenberg's watch, I think it, it's going it to be played out a lot differently than what it has in the last well, few seasons. he's
0: a cover-up king.
1: I don't, I don't know why you bothered bringing this story up. It's just <laughs> sounds like your fucking know, like Twitter profile for the last <laughs> two, three <laughs>
0: he's a cover-up king. Uh, I nothing. The club's in a shambles at the moment and I think it's really hilarious that people will say, you know, that um oh, the board at Manly's this and the board at Manly's that and and you know and and um you know the GM at Manly, oh, you know, he's um you know Dave Perry, he's oh, he's he's terrible, let me tell you. Quite frankly Dave there's Perry, a lot of Manly people saying that too. Dave Dave Perry bullshit. Dave Perry... Fucking
1: bullshit!
0: Dave Perry, turns out that he actually managed to uh, handle Des Hasler a lot better than uh, poor old um, Greenberg did. And uh, now Greenberg's tail between the legs uh, bailing out because he uh, can't deal with the monster that he brought over. Oh, fucking hell, you are a disgrace. Doggies were warned. Doggies fans were warned. I
1: remember in the wash-up after Des left... There was a lot of Manly people gunning for for the board and for the CEO of Manly.
0: That was just people who you know listened Not to the, the stuff. That was that was the stuff that was basically you know put filtered out through the media. And people who didn't know the facts would just like you know just harp and repeat whatever they heard from the media. That's all it was.
1: I just wish your voice would go because I'm sick of talking
0: to you already. Oh, you just fuck very off. Very early days, yes. So yeah, so Greenberg, um, just just in summary, cover up King. It he might help the NRL out. Very well with the Asada thing. Who knows? I mean, you know, he's probably that's you know part of his brief. Probably cover up the Asada stuff oh. when it lands, um, just like you did with Barber and the rest of it, and um, and everything else that happens at the dogs, and uh, yeah, the end. I feel sorry for you. Why? Let's move on.
1: Because you're a bitter, it's repugnant just person. The, the
0: thing is, you're th- you're talking you're talking about him like he's you know, he's some great operator. Let's look at his last 12 months, for example. Presided over the the Mad Monday situation. Fucking debacle with, you know, sexist and, you know, remarks and, and the rest of it, you know, targeted female media members. Um, the Barber situation as well. um, You know, the, the stuff in the background, you know, with all the other players, you know, players looking to leave. Um, Which
1: is all rumour.
0: He's going to bail. He'll be, he'll bail in three months and then, and, you know, then he can sort of wash his hands of it. And so, you know, it's, it's a good move, like a good an excellent can business move Can we move, move on, you're starting to annoy me now. City Country is fucked. Discuss The Country Rugby League has scrapped plans to take next year's City Country Clash to Broken Hill in fear of a repeat of the disappointing crowd that turned up at Coffs Harbour on Sunday. The unflattering crowd of 4,635 has again raised questions about the legitimacy of the game and the importance of the fixture, especially after the (laughs) Australian National Balloon Championships at Canawindra on the same weekend drew three times as many people. Fucking (laughs) what? I know, I know. The match is locked in as part of the game's television rights deal for the next four years. Jamal, he just showed up to the wrong show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we can't eat balloons. And has been earmarked to be played in Broken Hill next year. But after the poor attendance in Coffs Harbour, the CRL has decided against experimenting in uncharted territory. We're thinking about Broken Hill, but we won't go to Broken Hill now. We'll have to go somewhere that's a guaranteed success. It's, again, we're going to Broken Hill on the back of a crowd at Coffs Harbour. But if we got 10,000 in Coffs Harbour, it would have been a different story. We certainly won't be going there now. Um, yeah, I mean, the crowd What's was... What's the
1: capacity of Coffs Harbour uh, Stadium?
0: I'm not sure what the capacity was, but if they had have got around 10,000, they would have been happy with it. Now, they're trying. There's... the big Where thing the has been... Why fuck
1: didn't they play it at the Big Banana, mind you?
0: How big is Coffs Harbour? I mean, surely it's only like five minutes' walk from the Big Banana to anywhere else in Coffs Harbour.
1: Didn't see any fucking touristy-type... Snapshots during the coverage of the big banana. I mean, try to promote
0: the place. And <laughs> yeah, there's more Coffs Harbour than the big banana.
1: Like fucking what? Pineapples. Harbour
0: Harbour, Sorry. Pineapples. They sell. They got pineapple fields. I'm just trying to think oh, of what yeah. happens when you drive through there. Um, my cousin owns a cafe like down the jetty. just with
1: fucking fruit salad.
0: The Jetty Cafe down there. My cousin owns that. Uh, that's it. That's all there is to Coffs. <laughs> Um So they're saying that, you know, they're blaming on a couple of things. Um, A The balloon show? Yeah, well, the balloon show clearly fucking pillaged all the fans, but also the lack of star power like uh, Brett Stewart, Robbie Farah, Mitchell Pearce, and Josh Reynolds ruled out by the clubs. But also, this is the biggest one they seem to be harping on the most, is the cost of tickets. Mm. They're priced $30 for general admission to $50 for grandstand seats. And I also heard that there was, uh, not for general public sales, but for member sales, there were $60 tickets as well. You
1: know where what else is expensive in cost The fucking big banana. You can't go to the big banana and the football.
0: How much does the big banana cost?
1: Have you ever walked through their touristy knick-knack shop? It's a no. fucking death trap. I think you, I got, could, you could I, send yourself bankrupt. In I think I've
0: got a chocolate-coated banana. Oh,
1: how good is that? It's not bad. It's anyway, you've got me distracted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I am all for the city country concept and and taking the game um out to the to the rural areas, but it needs to be supported and it needs to yeah. be backed up with with a view of um, the dem- demographic and the socio-economic situation of the area that they take the game to. If you're taking it to Broken Hill or or fucking Coffs Harbour or, or whatever, there's not a um there's not always going to be a great deal of cash to be slapped around in those sorts of areas. That's it. And it, the, they need to be price conscious, um, especially when you look at, you know, some of their competitors and the and the prices that you pay for their tickets to see um, very competitive matches.
0: That's And that, that those prices are more than, you know, it costs for a suburban NRL game. Mm. I only costs like 20 bucks to get a GA for Manly. And I
1: guess they they probably had the vision that they'd hike the prices up because it's a... Representative game and a showpiece yeah, game. Yeah, so bullshit. It certainly was far from the spectacle they hoped it would be. Um, certainly, in the telecast and also ju- the profitability of it off the field uh, left a lot to be desired. I hope the concept stays, and I hope they're a little bit more shrewd and selective in where they send the game in the future, and, and it gets the support that it deserves.
0: Yeah, I think I I think the concept is you know it's historically significant, but I think it's shit and it's past it. But I do think that there's something needs to happen to involve you know the country but even with the country team I mean you know it's they're all you know the NRL I mean why can't they do something to actually include you know actually country teams But you know take more games out and I think they are going to do this next year um, take more games out to be actually played at country venues and I don't mean country venues like you know Blue Tongue and Gosford <laughs> like you know more like you know, actual like Mudgy, you know places like that you know it's- where. Ed, well, you know, has Ed's got? A, have they got a, an NRL standard ground? Riley Park. Yeah.
1: Back of John Woolbe Public School.
0: How many? And how many people would that seat comfortably? Sixty four. And and a general admission area of about two hundred and fifty.
1: Yep. Probably not the answer to the game's problems. <laughs> no,
0: probably not. But and this and the ticket price thing is just that's just you know headedness. I mean, what wouldn't you prefer to have? You know, twenty thousand people, you know, jammed in there paying ten bucks each
1: well yeah rather yeah, exactly. rather,
0: rather than for you know four thousand people paying fifty you know it's just ridiculous
1: it's the age old story
0: and that's and yeah and that goes for for n r l ones you know that that goes for yeah it goes for everything, but I would assume that it's a no brainer to get more people in there at less price on the assumption that you're going to make more money on the concessions and merchandise and all the extra shit that they're gonna buy when they're in there you know exactly. you kind of make yeah you know, Anyway, this is you know what our arguments aren't aren't new. I mean, it's make been the like tickets affordable. Yep. Keep
1: the merchandise the same price. Yep, yep. Which is fucking astronomical. Anyway, <laughs> but no one seems to amp up at that. Any other time, they sell a fuckload of merchandise. People get out there and buy their country jerseys, their country hats, and you know they might have a few city slickers that blow through town.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, um, I'm trying to find the first name of this uh, this gentleman here from the CRL who's uh, something Collie, Jock Collie, the CRL chairman. That's a country name. He um, says something, you know, I don't know, it may be true, but it sounds ridiculous and a bit condescending to country people, but he said that also we have to look at the way that people buy tickets because country people don't buy things online. They go down to the news agency or the local... News agency or the local shops. You have to cater to what country people want. I I dare say there's many, many, many country people that would dispute that and would probably buy more stuff online than city people because... They don't they have, have the to. shops to walk into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can't walk into like an Apple store or you know something like that. They'd have to buy it they online. They can, but they only well, sell
1: apples. Oh well, yeah, it's actually like an forget <laughs> yeah, forget.
0: like you know, there's, there's probably more more Apple stores per capita in Stanthorpe than there is. <laughs> 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 um, dragons. They're like fucking
1: Steve Jobs' dumb number on this place. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, but we only sell. Them. I mean, we only sell them like you know, in season, like six months a year. We only sell like apples here. You keep your newfangled iPhones. Um. Dragons, possibly setting themselves up to arsehole Steve Price, which is kind of strange because, you know, even as, you know, last week or the week before, Dragons won three in a row and everyone's like, oh, you know, he's kind of, he was in trouble. But, you know, the Dragons have had a dig in all the games this season and the fact they've won three in a row has kind of, you know, maybe saved him and, you know, it's all coming together. But... It's
1: only just changed his perception.
0: Yeah. still just as fucked as ever. Yeah, so St. George Illawarra directors are set to discuss Brad Arthur... Super coach for Manly, as a possible no. replacement for Steve Price at a board meeting on Tuesday, but no decision on the coaching coaching job is expected. When you thought
1: you couldn't dislike St George anymore? They employ a coach, fucking Manly,
0: and like he's a genius. I mean, well, this, the, the worst the worst thing is he was also in the Storm as well, Arthur. He was in charge of the Storms um, tw- under twenty side, so apparently, could, he, you, he could you have worked
1: it. at three less likable clubs? Then the Storm, Manly and the Dragons. Oh, West Tigers. Oh, fucking please. We're the he people's champions. He, he could have been... Champions
0: a, of the people. He could have been assistant coach to Terry Lamb and, you know, learn how to finger people up the arse.
1: I mean, it's a skill everyone needs to learn, Nathan.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, basically, uh, he's emerged as a contender to coach the Dragons next season because the Dragons have um, recruited Gareth Whittup and Joel Thompson and he coached both of those guys when he was in charge of the Storm's under-20 team, and it's understood his manager, Chris Joel Orr. Thompson
1: was a Storm junior.
0: Yeah, yeah, they say. Well, at least in the under-20s. So, really? yeah. I, I wasn't aware until I read this either.
1: I oh, know he's, he's not a Melbourne product,
0: but is he? Yeah, well, no, no. no I mean, the other, would have made a is the deal only Melbourne. That. Yeah, he's is the only Melbourne person to crack NRL level. Interesting. Very Interesting. So, um, yes, Chris Orr is uh, is said to have held preliminary discussions with Dragons management about the coaching job in 2014. So, Price's future has been under a cloud since uh, Peter Dowst made an audacious bid to lure Craig Bellamy to the club before the ball had been kicked this season. However, Fairfax Media has been told that Price retains strong support among the players and directors would be reluctant to replace him with an untried coach such as Arthur.
1: Sheens will be the next St. George at coach. Really? And that's genius, my friend. Really? I think they're desperate. Intense. The Dragons are a desperate club. The players are bewildered. So Price is,
0: <laughs> Price is off contract at the uh, at the end of the season. And the move to sign Bellamy suggests he will be axed if the Dragons could find a better coach. But there's also a view that he deserves a chance with the new signings they've uh, grabbed. They've snared uh, Widop and Thompson, as we said. And they're also still apparently looking to uh, grab Josh Dugan and uh, Rangy Chase from England. By the
1: end of the season, he's going to have as many jobs as he has
0: chins. <laughs> and uh, he's ex- Chase is, on Chase, he's expected to join the club as soon as this week after Castleford Chief Executive Steve Gill announced they would not stand in his way if he's adamant about a move. Um, he declined to shed any lights on his plans following Castleford's 28-12 defeat by Leeds in Friday night's Tetley Cup Challenge tied headingly. I'm taking every day as it comes. It's out of my hands. While I'm here, I focus on my job because my teammates expect it. Well I dare say it is in your hands. You're the one looking to move. Yeah. And isn't it isn't it nice of the English is not it downright decent of the English clubs to always just be like coaches, players, it doesn't matter, there's like okay
1: Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gonna leave? Yeah, right, eh? You'll be back. You'll be back.
0: Exactly. He's now um, coming back. Foie fooey. fooey is getting suspended. He's the first person to be suspended under the... First NRL player to be suspended under the new tweaks to the shoulder charge rule. Now, um, the shoulder charge was obviously banned during the off-season, but in recent weeks, they've widened the scope of the ban to include incidental contact as the result of the tackle. So, yeah, he was facing two weeks on the sideline if he fought and lost uh, after so hitting...
1: So, uh, if he makes a tackle with his arms and then somewhere in the stands... Someone two fans drops just a pie on someone's In excitement, foot. bump each other, and someone drops a pie. Yeah,
0: Suspended. penalty. Suspended. Yeah, penalty suspension. He was going to get two weeks if he fought it's and lost. Penalty. So he, he took the week, and um, after hitting uh, Carlos Tumavave with his shoulder when he was playing for Tonga. Carlos. So this, you know, you know my feelings about the shoulder charge thing. Yes, I agree. There's a medical think for it but I just think well you agree with that now <clears throat> well no I say that there's a medical issue to people being hit in the head but I think a shoulder charge if it doesn't hit someone in the head just let it go and if you make contact to the head any contact to the head whether then you know, they don't have to be knocked out but if you you know treat it like any other head high tackle if they make contact to the head then come down on it hard but if it's just a shoulder like his was nothing, like there was no head contact. No, that's right. There was no injury. There was, there was nothing whatsoever. It was the most benign fucking thing you've ever seen in your life.
1: Penalty. One week out. Ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it, it shouldn't even be a penalty. And I'll and no one'll ever change my mind on that rule because I mean at the end of the day, if there's head if there's contact to the head, then yes, that's dangerous. Penalise and suspend the shit out of someone for doing it. But if there isn't then be, because people can people can learn to do shoulder charges, they can learn to get down low and you know, yeah. people will change the way they play if the rules are sort of you know severe enough. Yeah, because even a shot—it's I mean, it's getting
1: a little bit ridiculous. And it's it's ridiculous. they've also, you know, let's not forget—not just Chris Sandow, but other players—they've let a few go. Players yes, are keep pushing the envelope, and then someone is going to get hurt.
0: Yeah, and blatant, blatant ones as well. So it's really inconsistently adjudicated as well. So yeah, you're right. Sucks. So fucking fix it. Recaps, okay, a very, very short week of action this week. Uh, Friday Night Football was, of course, the test match. The Anzac Test, Australia, 32, defeated the Kiwis, 12, down at Canberra Stadium, and a bumper crowd down there, 25,628. And I haven't gone back through the history books to look at the crowds ring but surely that's as big as it gets down there.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's much bigger capacity, is it? That's,
0: that's, that's massive in, in that ground. Yeah. Um, Kangaroos, their points came through tries to Cooper Cronk, Greg Inglis, Brett Morris, Luke Lewis, Darius Boyd, Justin Hodges, Cameron Smith, 4 of 6 on the conversions, and the Kiwis, 12 points came from tries to Josh Hoffman and Frank Pritchard, Sean Johnson, 2 of 2 on the conversions.
1: Look, Australia uh, asserted their authority early in that second half after going in at Mm -hmm. 6-all, and the Kiwis really... Um, had a glut of possession and, and probably should have put more points on the board than the one try they scored just before half time. But um, coming out for the second half and, and the Kangaroos really asserted their dominance, as I said, and um, led by Paul Gallen. Obviously, I thought he had a great game. Um, Luke Lewis, just I think we spoke about it before we hit record. He's, he just gets better the higher the level of footy that he plays. Yep. Uh, great clubman as you saw during his time at Penrith and and we're seeing evidence of it at Cronulla as well, but um, his origin performances have always, you know, been a level above and, and then you, you put him in the test arena and he's, um, he's always one of the best out there too. Um, Just a fucking good footballer. And he's not overawed by any, any occasion as you'd expect from a a true blue Westie. (laughs) Never intimidated.
0: (laughs) And there was a moment there where, you know, it was still a very close game and then, you know, once Australia sort of broke their back with a try that, according to Twitter, if you believe Twitter, it was questionable where, you know, I didn't really, you know, upon video referee, I didn't see any reason why they wouldn't have given the try. Um, but then once that happened, broke the shackles and Australia scored, uh, you know, numerous tries in a very quick period. And once again, the Kiwis folded like oh, they look, do mate, so often. It was
1: a tough ask for the Kiwis that they're expected to uh, to beat the best side in the world without the best player in the world. Uh, Benji Marshall was out and that uh disaster for the Kiwis. Um, You know, had he been there, even, you know, with a busted toe, I he probably would have killed lesser men. Um, had
0: he been there, the margin would have been greater just for the fact that he probably would have taken the goal kicking off Sean Johnson and it would have been eight points instead of 12 to the Kiwis.
1: <laughs> uh, look, it's, um, you know, we all know that Kiwis go better in longer tournament play rather than these one-off tests, Um, you know, when they go into camp. Um, Kearney seems to be able to get the best out of them over over a longer period of time, but putting them together for f- four or five days with all the media commitments and running around that they, they do, they don't have a lot of time to gel. Um, and straight the the nucleus of Australia's side has, has been the same for a lot of years. Um, you know, the only, only real change has been Cooper Cronk, but he was fairly well groomed yep. um, to come into the side um, in once Darren Lockyer retired. So. Um, just too good for the kangaroos.
0: Do you think that it's not that the Kiwis are in camp, you know, that gets the best out of them? But do you think that the longer a tournament-style campaign goes, the worse Billy Slater gets? So when it comes to the final, he has his, you know, one or two absolute mind-blowing fuck-ups that hand the victory to the opposition.
1: <laughs> I find it hard hard to argue with that because you just YouTube something to show the, the facts of what you're talking about. So, um, <laughs> Look, they uh, they got a little bit of work to do. The Kiwis, Although um, well,
0: they, were, they were very solid, um, and I mean, they were they had a lot of territory in possession in the late parts of that first half that they probably could have converted into more points and gone in ahead. You know, they could have gone in eighteen six ahead realistically, mm. and uh, if they had have done that, then maybe they you know might have had the heart to you know go on with it, but
1: might have even dragged Benji out <coughs> of the, out of the state out of the stands. He probably wasn't even there. Um, yeah, no, no. You know? Hobbling onto the field like a warrior to try and help out his countrymen. (laughs) What about uh, Jason Nightingale's Harker? One of the best. The happiest fucking Harker you've ever seen.
0: I mean, I would love to go through player by player and give a review of their Harker styles. I think that the absolute winner every time of the Harker, always Isaac Luke. Benji does it better. No, fuck off. Isaac Benji Luke.
1: is by far the best hacker as far as New Zealand rugby league team goes.
0: No, no, no. Isaac Luke by far because he's actually tough as well. You know, Ben Benji's, I mean, like, you know, he's a studio hacker guy. He can't <laughs> he can't do he can he can't he can't back it up. He's a you know. He's a car- like, he's a karaoke hacker guy. Karaoke <laughs> har- um I mean Kieran Foran, he went pretty hard for a white dude. Oh, I thought. F- um but, uh, letters. Letters are sensational. He's the second best. Letters, letters and uh I have to give it to you on Isaac Luke only for the memory of those times where his eyes have rolled back in his yeah, head. Yeah, and he rolls his eyes back and the tongue's right out and he's just fantastic, as good as you're going to see. But then we get down, we work our way down the line to yeah, to poor old Flossie, Jason Nightingale. <laughs> Fucking hell. The picture, we had numerous people send us the, the, the photograph as well. So thank you everyone who did it. We'll put it on the website and Facebook because it was just brilliant. But he looks like he's a backup dancer for Milli Vanilli. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Massive smile on his face, <laughs> and he's waving. Or in New Zealand, as they call them, Mully mollyvenally, <laughs> and um yeah, oh, he just that—that that was just so unfortunate. That, Shut that, harker brew. And and I remember when we watched it again uh, before we recorded. I I was watching you from the side angle when you know because they brought the camera around the front of them. And from the side, he was going okay. So it was just so unfortunate for him that when they got around to that part and that one frame, and he's just got a smile. Oh, got a
1: smile on his face and he's waving high to the camera.
0: And he's just, yeah, he he shall never he shall never live it down. You just know. But um, although the game was, it's you know, there's some we scored some good tries and everything, but there's just a real uh, it just didn't feel exciting to me. Even when we've it was dominated him, yeah.
1: you know, other than you know a couple of flukish tournament plays off the back of Benji Marshall's mm. brilliance um,
0: Billy Slater fixes
1: tomato tomato um, we've dominated them for my entire lifetime even yeah. harking back to the days where the Kiwis used to you know, try and bash yeah. every yeah. Australian player so it was just a pile of corpses on the field <laughs> and they still couldn't win um, yeah I, I think there's a feeling of inevitability about these one-off tests, especially, but also um, even the tournament play. Uh, it's always, you know, a, a massive shock, and and the coach is under pressure from if Australia
0: loses. Yeah, yeah. Um.
1: You know, there's a there's a feeling of expectation and inevitability about uh, the result for these sorts of games, and and this one was no different.
0: Yeah, because like I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like sucked into the game, even at six all, and like you know, and the Kiwis are pressing and everything. else so, you yeah. Know.
1: Mm. Oh, look, at the distinct lack of West Tigers' uh, involvement in the game. Funny you mention me that.
0: What an excellent segue to the first tweet. Now, I think the, the listeners were about as excited as this test match as everyone else was. There wasn't that many tweets. In fact, this weekend, I mean, good, good work, guys. Had a weekend off. Come back hard for round seven. Jeremy underscore Jack01. He said the uh, Australia versus New Zealand match showed how the NRL comp is going. Storm players were solid, manly players were best, and tigers were non-existent. And he's used up so I many fucking characters. I hate that guy, eh? He's used so many characters up in his tweet that he's come out with a new hashtag, T-I-D.
1: <laughs> that guy can get fucked. He's done nothing but absolutely bait me season after season. Fucking, it's time that guy was hunted down and put
0: out of his misery. I, I I don't I yeah, don't boy, feel. put out
1: of his misery, I mean, have his face stomped on until he stops sending tweets like that.
0: I, you know, I I don't think I've never seen a, a skerrick of misery in this guy. He's living a, a happy life, and um, and and he's living life the right way too. Those tweets tell me that. <laughs> at Mister Sports eighty three. So I was at the game tonight, and it was hard to tell for sure, but the Kiwis got job by the refs, right? Wrong. I don't believe so. There's a lot of bitching on Twitter about it.
1: There was a lot of bleating. Pardon the pun. These fucking people that uh, just
0: blame the ref all the time when they lose is just sucks. It's just ridiculous. It's really annoying, isn't it? It's just you know when their team
1: loses fairly and squarely, and they're on the on on the receiving end of, of a quite fucking quite a shellacking on the scoreboard, and all they want to do is bitch about the referees. I can't mean, abide it. I cannot, no, you, you can't.
0: I can't abide it. I know. It's so terrible you, stuff. You mate. went one. You went one step too far because you knew I was saying it with a smile on my face the whole time. Yeah. But you went you one step. You had that repugnant look on your face. You went. You went one step too far you then by the saying scroll-on. when they're getting a re- yeah. shalacking on school. I like, mainly don't get shalacking on school. And maybe once in the last five years. Um. Anyway. Cruzi 6 <laughs> Do you want to revise that? <laughs> No, not the hands of West Tigers. I think you beat us by two or maybe four. Oh, I remember. Max, I remember,
1: I remember a field goal one. And
0: a field goal yeah. I reckon, I reckon. if you could be one point, could be a thousand points. If you if you added up all the West Tigers victory margins over Manly in the history of the West Tigers, it probably wouldn't amount to the victory margin the last time we played.
1: Anyway, what enlightening <laughs> piece of gold has Cruzy got for us? <sighs>
0: This game is beginning to give the Knights versus Panthers game a run for Vuvuzela top rankings. Hash Snoresville. Oh, fucking hell. Un-Australian, but that's because he's yes, Filipino. he is. <laughs> <laughs> He comes over here off the boat and eating up all our slow-cooked prime rib. <laughs> that's
1: a terribly racist call.
0: <laughs> it's true, though. You've seen how how much he's in Hogsbreaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I know. I mean, (coughs) he was born here, though. In (laughs) Hogsbreath. So he loves it so much.
0: At B underscore Q star. Aussies are playing like a Tim Sheen's coach side. (laughs) (laughs) Ash Tigers in decline.
1: It's not even relevant anymore, you idiot.
0: Tell you what, the other night I went to Hogsbreath, and I thought, I want to try and be... be, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and level up, and instead of getting the normal steak, I'll get a mega cut. Not the mega mega cut that uh, Cruises bros would get, but the mega cut. Let me tell you, that's like half a cow. No. Could fucking move afterwards.
1: How 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 many grams?
0: Well, you got the normal one. It's like yay high. It's about double the height. And considering they're quite large. Six
1: hundred grams. Yeah,
0: maybe six hundred. Please. Well, yeah. I mean, I say this as, as you know, as someone who ate a, a ate a one kilo t-bone a couple of years ago, which is fucking sensational. But uh, yeah, step the right. game up, son. New South Wales thirty-six defeated Queensland twelve in How state good of it origin. Feel
1: for you to say that? Nathan? Oh, magnificent! Must feel great.
0: Magnificent. Uh, you know, the Queenslanders were ahead at halftime, but New South Wales undaunted. They came back, held them scoreless in the second half, and just avalanched tries all over them. And who who were the
1: big names for New South Wales? Is it Luke Lewis? Jennings. what,
0: Jennings. Jennings. George Jennings. George. George <laughs> he got <a> Jennings. <laughs> Charlie Runciman got two tries. His brother, Michael. Michael Lichar got a try. Mitch Cornish, he got a double. And, uh, oh, the corn. Dylan, yeah, the corn star. And Dylan Walker, 4 of 7. So, you know, a bit of Benjiish ish in there, but, you know, got enough. Queensland. Brandon Taggo Anthony Milford with tries and Anthony Milford also starring with two from two from the boot so um magnificent state of origin win New South Wales two in a row good win for the kids two in a row two good in a win row for the kids and know uh, that's that's the future some quality plays in there
1: and the size of this I've spoken about it before but the size of some of these Polynesian kids at at the under 20 level yep what the fuck? What have we been doing to our youth? What have we been feeding them? How does that happen? I don't remember when I was under 20, which was a fucking yeah. long time ago. Yeah. I don't remember. Even kids that I went to school with, etc. of Polynesian heritage, I don't rem- remember them being the size of that I am now yeah. when they were fucking 12. Like they...
0: Mate, I remember there was a kid at my primary school called Tussie, and you called him Cruzy. I and he was, yeah. When when I was in grade seven and he was in grade two, he was the size of Cruzy. Fucking and Jesus! And he used to pick, and he used to pick up like you know, he used to be a thing like he do he do feats of strength, like picking up the biggest kids you could find and everything. Like he was enormous, but I mean, I have to say, I think you know. I actually bumped into him. He was a bouncing at a club in the city, and he's still he gigantic, was. like oh, absolute weapon. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know, in my experience, um, when I was playing footy, we didn't come up a, didn't, didn't come up against as many Polynesian guys back then. We all know you Jackson know, like loves soccer, and yeah.
1: he's keen for a run at rugby league. But he's a little he's a little kid. Yeah, he's fast, but.
0: He's got aggro he's not gonna, too.
1: He's, he's going to have to get tackled at some point, And he's probably going to have to make tackles.
0: Well, you know, you could do worse than showing uh, show footage of, you know, Tooves, little guys taking oh. down the big guys. Could be a hero for him. Should turn him off rugby league for life. <laughs> I see. See Jackson Moore as like a like a, a Travis Burns sort of character, like an angry little dude. <laughs> he's like, a fiery like, kid. Like he's not angry. He's not an angry kid by any means. But like, if he got like you know, if he if he took a hit, then he'd sort of get up and just dust himself off and be yeah. like, "All right, then." Game <laughs> on, bitch! <laughs> yeah. Next time, he's fucking drill someone. Fucking,
1: I tell you, the things he's inherited from his mother is a disgrace. <laughs> it's absolute disgrace.
0: I tell you what, he's, he's inherited, um, he's Larry tree. <laughs> <laughs> I know where he got that from.
1: Yeah, his mum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, and we got one tweet based on this game. We got a couple actually, but um, but they're all from the same person, so I just selected one. Cambo 96, fuck yeah, New South Wales, hash two in a row, get that up your Queensland. And he put an LOL on the end though, so it is kind of, you know, it's a fun joke. To ah, pretend. you guys lap it up. It's a honest. fun joke to pretend New South Wales can win Origin Games. Next, <laughs> Tonga thirty six defeated Samoa four, and I. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I would have thought going into this game Samoa would have been the more highly ranked team and then you would in have the international. Ben
1: Roberts was uh,
0: yeah named inside. yeah and, and in fact thought, wow, and that, I that fact didn't escape our tweeters too, but we'll get to that. Um, same, obviously, this was uh, the game that followed the uh, the junior Origin game, so a good crowd, just over ten thousand there, and Tonga looked. Fucking sharp from the start. They got thirty six points to tries. They had uh a double to Langy and uh we had Licky Licky he got a double as well. Uh Uoselli got a try, uh Fanua got a double and uh Lange backed up his two tries with uh four goals from seven attempts. Samoa uh, solitary points, it was just a single try to Daniel Vito and um <laughs> their goal, their their goal kicker was Ben Roberts too and he missed the conversion. <laughs> <laughs> of
1: course he did. I I'd like to see more. Test matches between uh, the Pacific nations, obviously uh, throw Fiji, PNG into the mix. Yep, Um, and even New Zealand Maori. Yep, things like that. I think um, those boys deserve to represent their heritage as much as anyone from Australia or or the you know New Zealand. So England obviously throw them in. So hopefully it augurs well for a a pretty competitive World Cup coming up. And um, geez, I. They really did look sharp, Tonga.
0: Yeah, and I'm I'm loving the the fact that, you know, this this might be just an impression, but um, I'm liking the fact that the uh, the sides that seem to be filled with you know far more NRL players yep. than previously, and it just raises the quality of it. I mean, eligibility rules. I mean, why not let guys who are past their origin periods or don't intend to represent? Mm. You know anymore who cares if they play for Australia and New Zealand if they don't want to represent those anymore and they want to go back like guys like um like Brent kite and uh Matai, uh you know uh, you know guys like that elect are electing to play for you know those sides
1: exactly you know rather and than yeah I don't see an issue with it I think international rugby league is is still a long way behind even even uh rugby union um and I think it, we need to get those. Um, less developed nations get their skills up get the exposure up and um, the only way you can do that is with competitive test match play and I think they need to probably also be thrown into the mix with Australia and New Zealand um, you know more often than not and, and play more regular test matches I know it does increase the workload on the best players in the world but um, you know, they, they all do have an obligation to the game that they all love um, to try and raise the profile, and I think with a bigger international profile, um, which would come off the back of, of the, you know, the Pacific nations, which would then flow on through England and all the rest of it, um, and it makes for a much more competitive and entertaining World Cup. Um, it, it's only going to be a good thing.
0: But you would find as well that, um, that when players complain of their workload... It wouldn't be Tongan and Samoan Samoan players.
1: No, those guys would play. Um, they'd play every day. They'd play seven times seven times a week.
0: Yeah, I mean twice the, on the NRL players that you know do the represent Samoa and, and, and Tonga. They they want to you know they want to play for them as well. And I mean I think it's fine. You know the people who bitch about the the workload are like you know you know Origin players who then represent you know for Australia and, that. and I mean fair enough. That is you know that does add a lot of games and a lot of hard games, you know, to them in a season. But yeah. I mean, I agree 100%, get PNG in there, get Fiji in there. And if they could fill that, if they, you know, if they could fill the sides up with players of that heritage who are either past the origin and Australian representation or not there yet, or not there, why not let them? Exactly. People just get a bit... There's a lot of bitching about, like, eligibility and stuff, but honestly, I mean, you've got to look at the bigger picture for the game. Exactly. And, you know, if one of these guys then, you know, wants to elect to play for Queensland or something because, you know, they otherwise would be eligible, then, you know. Why not? Yeah. I mean, people just get too fucking bitchy about it. And speaking of bitchy, oh my God. Were you following Twitter while this game was going on? Yes. Yes, I was. Because you're not on Twitter a lot these days, let's be fair. I'm very busy man, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a busy man Trying too, but I make time for my yeah, people. Well,
1: I'm busy uh, putting legs on lounges and putting yeah. entertainment units together and Stayed up to eleven thirty last night putting fucking furniture together.
0: Don't buy it from IKEA. Buy it from somewhere that puts it together from for IKEA, you. But regardless
1: of where you buy furniture from, there's always uh, an assembly component. Um, even if it is just the fucking legs on a lounge suite, and uh, I'm not the most uh, technically gifted when it comes to assembling shit, so there's always <laughs> a tantrum involved. Um, yes, so uh, I'll I'll be back. Yeah. And uh, lack of internet yeah at home is probably a little bit of an issue.
0: you' not been connected up yet
1: I've got some some technical difficulties in the fact that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. It's probably more of a, a stupidity uh, difficulty rather than technical difficulty. Let me guess
0: that this is that's why I got invited <laughs> on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Hook up my internets um so your yeah, people bitchy you on Twitter, fucking pull yourselves together for God's sakes. Both sides. Both sides of the arguments. So I'm not even gonna go into the arguments because there was all oh, race is this and oh, fucking hell. Settle fucked down. It's just tiring. It was tiring to look at.
1: Just a bunch of people running on the fucking field.
0: Get over yeah. it. Yeah. It was going it was going from the absolute start though. It was going from before kickoff. Really? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. What a
1: disappointing that's very disappointing in the fact that the game was quite a spectacle. I thought it was uh it was a an fairly entertaining, entertaining game, and yeah? tough game. And um, you know, deserved deserved some, some great support. They're very passionate people and um probably didn't have a great deal of problems with the uh the guys running on the field, but I know that the the issue of player safety is paramount and I can understand that rules are rules. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, with with all due respect, though, good luck stopping twelve thousand Polynesians from running on a fucking football field when you've got about seven security guards. Yeah, exactly. Each one and security you
0: know, guards were hugging the, the players yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Each
1: security guard is also of Polynesian heritage.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, if he wasn't already on the field, he'd be running on two. It was just it was and it was really it was really strange for me because it was one of the first times there's been a massive argument on the internet and I wasn't either the instigator or involved somehow.
1: Yeah, because you're a cock. I was, no, yeah, no, I
0: was I was just sitting back and letting this one play out. At evil conspiracy. Surely, after the Tonga Samoa game finished, Glenn would have had no clean socks left in his house. <laughs> I
1: knew you were going to read that out.
0: <laughs> it's sensational, what not? And your and your response is?
1: I found some spare ones.
0: <laughs> Felt like you were putting your feet in the socks made of cardboard, but <laughs> <laughs> Shunter eighty six. I
1: thought my socks were deep fried at one point. <laughs>
0: Shunter 86. Is Benji of Samoan or Tongan heritage? Pretty sure he won't be a New Zealander anymore.
1: Fuck off. He's the heart and soul of the New Zealand side. It only shows what a complete putz Stephen Kearney is.
0: <laughs> Shaboogan. A new drinking game. Every time Ben Roberts fucks up, take a drink, you'd be destroyed in 25 seconds. <laughs> and that's the truth. Who did we speak of in the past about a drinking game? I can't remember. was it? Oh, Mattawaya. Well, there's a Chris, the Chris there's a Chris Bailey. It was some mistake-prone Gronk. I don't know, Brett Stewart. Moulton should be Maltin. Moulton should have one. Fucking please, Maltin. Western suburbs would be just absolutely. I play the to
1: Tim drinking game every Tuesday when the motherfucker's named in the side. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, he would he would lay the Western suburbs to waste with you know, Every every time alcohol Tim was named
1: him. in first grade, drink five bottles of bourbon. <laughs>
0: and then it might make the game bearable to sit through and his performance bearable to sit through. If
1: you're still in a coma by the time the game rolls around you're in fucking good shape.
0: And finally, country eighteen defeated City twelve. This one. Country's 18 points, came from tries to Josh McCrone, Akawila Uwate, James McManus, Maloney, 3 of 3. And City's 12 points came from tries to Adam Reynolds and Andrew Fafita. And a two conversions from Adam Reynolds from two attempts.
1: The biggest thing
0: I got out of this game
1: is that uh, Adam Reynolds needs to play Origin. And I think it only goes to show, um, speaking of putts coaches... And he goes to show you what a complete nufty Laurie Daly is in the fact that he's already publicly declared Mitchell Pearce as a certainty for the New South Wales number no. seven jersey. Um, Adam Reynolds is in far better form than Mitchell Pearce, mm-hmm.
0: um, and I think he's probably a tougher player. The one saving grace to the the Mitchell Pearce thing is that I think after the performance at the City Country game, I think James Maloney might have booked himself a spot. And the you know, yep. the fact that they play together at club level might actually make Mitchell Pearce play better bit. than it might save him a little bit. But you know, I'd be happy to see Reynolds and Maloney. And if, honestly,
1: if, to be honest, I mean, if Maloney doesn't get the sixth, and Carney will get it, and he and Pearce also have a pre-existing relationship, albeit from a few <laughs> seasons ago, yeah, but so he's probably too, fucking
0: certainty. I mean, like they were the worst. They were they were the probably the difference in the series last year. Their lack of combination and lack of good play. True.
1: But anyway, Laurie Daly's coaching
0: this season. You've got no fucking hope. No hope whatsoever. But, um, you know, this game, was, it was probably closer than I thought. I thought Country would probably run away with it, and especially after they uh, jumped out to 12-0 lead. I thought that that's the way I sort of felt the game would go. In fact, I was almost going to put a bet on for 13-plus. I'm glad I didn't, but I did have a bet on Country. And um, so that cashed nicely. But, yeah, I mean, once again, it's hard to sort of look back at this game and say, who impressed and who's going to get themselves an origin yeah, role the, because the it's The argument not a...
1: of it being an origin trial is long dead in the water but, yeah. um, you know, I think it's probably a good hit out for guys that are, that are on the cusp of of finding some form um, with their clubs and, and they get amongst the, you know, a better echelon uh, or better quality of player um, in the camp and probably gets the best out of them when they go back to their clubs and I think that's probably the most positive aspect of yeah. the city-country clash. I don't know that it's... Um, it's ever going to be regarded as a, a true Origin trial as it once was. Um, I'm pretty sure Laurie Daly, um, you know, even if Ricky Stewart was still coaching, he would have a fair idea um, as to the bulk of the makeup of the, his yeah. side for for the Origin series. There's always the guys um, that you know. Have always a bolter, like, but it's not. Yeah, it's not necessarily. There's always the, the guys sort of who
0: always perform though too. That yeah. you know like you know that you know guys like Gallen and Greg Bird are always going to be there. You know, no matter what, their so-called origin players, but well, you know yeah. that was sullied a little bit the day Jamie Sow was picked for New South Wales. Yeah, what were they thinking that year? Fucking Jesus! Anyway, so yeah, um, congratulations to the country or they It was know, a decent. It, it was a decent game. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't massively exciting, but you know, it was. It was a decent game. I mean, it always does mean more to the rednecks, though. Yeah, but to you know, know. Farmers. yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, and they're more like the the, the you know the spectators. I mean, because it's generally played in the country, you not you know, know, but, you know, I've got to wonder how, you know, how country, you know, guys like Uate and, you know, Maloney, now how much is it still in there, you know, running through their Uate's from Fiji. I don't
1: know that Fiji is a small town on the outskirts of Armadale or something. Fiji
0: is a country. It is. Therefore, he's eligible for the countryside. (laughs) (laughs) Magnificent. Uh, Twitter. uh,
1: And James McManus. (laughs) Yeah. Mind you.
0: Scored a try. Scotland yeah. is also a country. Ock. <laughs> Ock. Um, Hammers, H4, M-M-E-R-Z. More people turn up to Titans, Panthers, or Roosters games than Hash City Country. How embarrassment. Hash City Country in decline. And when you put it like that, yeah, 100%. Cambo96, he sent a few tweets through, so I just had to pick one out. Shit Why do you have to
1: pick one? Leave them all out.
0: Shit crowd for City Country. The people of Coffs Harbour got confused and thought the Bulldogs were back in town and fled. And it's, the, it's only
1: because it was selling uh, the Bulldogs. Well, again, no, no, you, because every, no, because
0: every tweet he did was a variation on, on the Bulldogs gang yeah. sex. Yeah. So I just I just had picked one out because quite frankly, not many people were that interested in tweeting this weekend. <laughs> yeah. And I can understand why. I found it to be, you know. So yet again, Cambo wins by default. 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 S. Berulius. Tim Gilbert, calling, a reference to... Tim Gilbert calling City versus Country the final nail in the coffin <laughs> of this game. And that is one thing. I mean, you know, people aren't interested in City Country. The fans weren't interested in turning up. And the commentators weren't interested in commentating. No. Nah. It was all around. It was just, a, you know, it was just kind of second rate, wasn't Safe it?
1: Left with the Cambo 96 of commentators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to mean, fault.
0: Tim Gilbert, I mean, what does he, does he ever call any other games? Maybe Schoolboy? He's a sideline eye at best. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but does he do like you know the Commonwealth Bank Cup sort of you know eye. whatever it is now? I mean, whatever the kids you know the high school comp is.
1: I don't know. Sorry, but really yeah, I mean, stuff. I
0: found uh, overall I found the whole the the whole weekend of action. You know, there was a quite, there was a little bit of you know like inspiration or you know like you know for the minnows thing with the Tonga versus Samoa game. Um, you know, there's some good try scored and test match, but just overall, I just found the whole weekend to be a bit meh, meh. exactly.
1: It's going to be great to see the West Tigers come back with a, an enthralling victory this weekend to restore my faith in rugby league. You'll get your
0: chance. You'll get your chance. Previews. Finally, back into action. Round 7, full round of action. And we've got another Thursday game, uh, obviously in 8 uh, in of um, Anzac Day. Public yes. holiday we Two have... up. I'll be a little bit intoxicated watching this game. Are you doing a dawn service? Yes, sir. Taking Jackson. Yes, sir. And where is your dawn service going to be? Green Carousel. What... Okay. How far is that from your place? That's far from enough. From the it? new place, it's probably a good twenty minutes. Okay. I'm sure. I I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I'm I know that there's um there's diggers around. I mean, let's face it. I live not far from Anzac Avenue. Mm. All and there's little memorials all up and down the road. So there's bound to be something reasonably close. So I uh, will head down there. Take the little fella down for his first one. Um, all right. Anyway, footy. The Roosters take on the Dragons uh, in the traditional Anzac Day Clash. Uh, this one is a Channel 9 game. And um, apparently it's going to be live, which is kind of unique.
1: Yeah, very much so. Dragons have dominated this. one seven in the last eight of these Anzac Day Clashes, regardless of how they've been going. Um, in in on the, yes, but the
0: dragons have always been contender-ish sides. I mean, yes, they would choke, but that didn't—that doesn't mean that they weren't, you know, good through. Not on ANZAC Day, through the you know, majority of the, you know, even when they, even though when they were chokers, and like they are chokers again. But don't get me wrong. But before the Wayne Bennett era, they were still a finals-bound side. So they're always okay. And the Roosters very up and down. Mm. Um, they had that little blip you know where they got to the grand final where they you know lost it to the, to the dragons but then they you know they they followed that up with a pretty much a spoon didn't they or close to a spoon yes. and then they the year before that they were a spoon too so
1: so anyway Sonny peel
0: well he's day. Yeah. i mean the kiwi he's going to storm it he's going to storm the dragons and score me a truckload of super coach points with any luck i've
1: got no doubt that that will happen
0: i've seen news articles Saying, quoting Dragons players, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head and I don't have it in front of me, saying that, oh, the Dragons are going to be wary of the Roosters bouncing back. Bouncing back from fucking what? They beat the Dogs 38 shit in their last game. What the fuck do they have to bounce back from?
1: Their lost last Anzac Day game, maybe.
0: The Dragons are fucking dreaming if they think they're going into this game as favourites.
1: Well, it is the Dragons. I and when mean, they're last, they, you know, they beat a gallant West Tigers outfit, uh, in their last match, um, severely undermanned West Tigers, I might add, missing the best player in the world Benji Marshall. I
0: just want to tell you um, that if you go to the dictionary.com on your iPad there and look up the word gallant, it is not a synonym for hopeless. <laughs> <laughs> Despite what you may think, I think the Roosters <laughs> are going to buck the trend and uh, give the Dragons a bit of a touch up. I think I flogged them. I mean, the Dragons. Yeah, I mean they've Gallipoli star. Have you know they've had some they. Eeked out some wins against some real minnows. I just, you know, I don't think the dragons Before, have turned it around. You know,
1: managing to to limp home over a gallant West Tigers <laughs> severely under man, missing the best player in the world. Whatever, whatever
0: gets you to sleep. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I think I, the Roosters I, will be too strong. I, I think the Roosters can thirteen plus this easily. I don't think this is a game. To be honest, I agree. I don't know wh- where's
1: no I, I, I will give the Dragons; they do get up for this game, but I just don't think they've got it in them to to combat the the amount of points that the Roosters have in them.
0: Exactly, and the Roosters, you know, their defense has really turned around this year as well, and you know, their attack's good, and their attack's still yet to fully click, I think. Mm. But their defense is, you know, it's on point. So, um, yeah, th- this is uh, this is their home game as well, and I I don't remember the statistic, but I think it's something in the vicinity of. 256 minutes without conceding a point or something like that at home. So Pretty impressive. Yeah, their defense is pretty good. And I mean, I'm not going to say that Allianz Stadium is by any means a, a, fortress. A, home, a fortress or a home ground that provides an advantage to the, the club playing out of there. But yeah, the wrists have got this easy. Okay, <clears throat> next up. Once again, also on Thursday. This one is Thursday night game. Uh, it's going to be on Fox Sports 1, 7 p.m., Melbourne Storm take on the New Zealand Warriors down there at Amy Park in Melbourne.
1: The Warriors have got up for this game as well the last couple well, of seasons. the Warriors
0: are one of the only clubs that has a pretty good record in Melbourne versus yeah. Melbourne. I mean, the Warriors of this year, are uh, certainly not yeah. the Warriors of, um, you know, many other years.
1: Although, you know, with the Storm's run, they are probably closer to a loss than, than not, but... uh yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm probably tempted slightly to pick the Warriors, but the, the Storm have just been a little bit too good. And, and at home, um, you know, you'd have to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Based I on their record.
0: I mean, look at the Warriors side this year. Don't look at the paper. Look at the results. The results have been um, almost universally atrocious. There's never been anything that's happened this year so far with the Warriors, it gives me any hope about their ability to compete. And then the flip side is you look at the Storm. They're undefeated. Yeah, They've given me no reason, you know, why you know why would you tip against them, you know, until they play manly. You know, it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I'm inclined to say the Storm. Um, you know, the Warriors, as you said, they tend to get up for it. Uh, but will that be enough? I think they, you know... The storm will just be too mechanical. The Warriors will make mistakes. The storm will capitalise upon those mistakes, and uh, that's going to be the story of the match. And I think the storm, you know, will win it pretty comfortably. I agree. Okay, a Friday night of football. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Brookvale Oval, the fortress. And it will be another fortress. They got a great crowd last time uh, they played uh, at the fortress, and this time I know that I think pretty much all the actual allocated seating is uh, it's been sold out for about a week. Um, I saw an email come through um, that junior passes, you know, where juniors get in for free or whatever with their, you know, if they play football, um, won't be accepted at this game. Such wow. as such as the ticket sales. Basically, it's it's kicking the kids out. Paid ticket True manly only. store. Yeah, and I and I mean, fuck I off, kids. I'm not interested. Really, I don't really agree with that because I mean, <clears throat> I don't I don't think they're gonna you know I don't think they're gonna fill it anyway. So what's the fucking harm? Letting you know a thousand kids in if it turns out to be that number. Yeah, but
1: a thousand kids that come with at least one parent.
0: Yeah, and yeah, well, a parent has to pay, which is a good thing as well, but um. The other thing as well, I mean, the flip side of that is uh, a membership for kids to get into every game at Brookvale, thirty bucks for a year. Really? Fucking value, man. It's good value. Get on it.
1: If it was going to watch anyone but Manly, I'd probably take up that offer. Fair. It's it's
0: sensational. But I'd rather so,
1: fucking flush my thirty bucks down the toilet and pay fucking good money. Pay good money, Nathan. Yeah. To go and watch Manly run around every fucking week.
0: My God. Yeah, every week. I remember Another when you paid week. good money to watch them run around the 2011 Grand Final. You had a fucking ball. I paid You for the loved bourbon. it. I paid for the bourbon on the bus. All the rest was just a,
1: a mere uh, inconvenience on my day. Flight.
0: Bus. Bourbons. Game.
1: Lots of bourbons. After
0: party at Brookvale. More bourbons at the leagues. Yes. Mimos. Fucking gold. Oh, <laughs>
1: mimos. That's what I paid my money for. If you the had... Bourbons throughout the day. And that fucking
0: pizza. If you paid... If you paid... Best uh, thing ever. If you if you paid the 30 bucks for Jackson, say, for example, to go to every Manly game, you could duck across the road to Mimos after every game. I'd be 800 kilo. <laughs> but you'd fucking love every minute. Anyway, on the game itself, um, this is a uh, top-to-table clash, uh, number two versus number three. Uh, the Seagulls head on for and against. Um, I think Manly are going to get it. There's a slight possibility, the slightest possibility that Glenn Stewart may return. Uh, David Gower... You said that the other week. David Gower, well, he was Nowhere actually... Nowhere to be seen. Well, he wasn't going to return the last game, but they, they the article came out and said he was going to return for the next game. And um, the thing... Then, then Manley came back and said, look, we're not going to rush him back. So, you know, when it happens, it happens. So there's probably a possibility that, you know, he might be a late inclusion. But at this stage, David Gower comes back to the side taking... Um, over from Nullavau, who's you know you've got a season-ending uh, Achilles tear, Ouch. so um, I think the side. Rabbitohs side. failed
1: in their in their last quest to step up to the uh, to the top level of a premiership contender mm-hmm. um, against Melbourne, and I I think they might struggle being at Brookvale. If this was a South home game, I probably t- tip South. Just don't think. Given their result against Melbourne, that they've got it in them to um, to get up over Manly at Brookvale. If they do, it'll be a, a pretty impressive effort, um, and they'll shoot, you know, right back to the top of my chart as far as contenders go, right behind the West Tigers. But um, <laughs> I just can't see them getting over Manly at Brookie. Yeah,
0: I I, I don't rate Souths. I've been vocal about not rating them. Um, this is the big litmus test, I guess. I mean, you know, they can earn my respect with a win. Um Inglis appears to be carrying some sort of injury, a hip injury or something like that. Um he's he's going to play regardless, but how that affects him, don't know. Um Sutton. South fans are loving Sutton this year.
1: Well he's a he's a bunny for life.
0: Yeah, he's a bunny for life. But I mean he's also got, a bra boy I mean that yeah. life
1: could be short yeah you know, <laughs> that lifespan's fairly could be short lived.
0: Now I still don't rate him. Reynolds, I rate very highly. But it's their forward pack. I mean, I think the forwards for Souths, you know, can really match Manly, um, if not have a slight advantage. Uh, so I think it's up to the Manly forwards to really stand up here. In the backs, though, take Inglis out of the equation. And in- injured Inglis, if we can contain him. Much like we contained Barber against the Dogs, I think uh, the backs will run right. I don't think guys like Bo Champion and Bryson Goodwin are the guys to really stand up and uh, and and take out Jamie Lyon and Steve Mattai No. I would agree all. with that. Um so I'm not going to say 13 plus. I think 1 to 12, you know, be good result. 13 plus you know, it would be gravy, but um yeah, Seagulls the win for sure. Put them in your multi, more you put on the more you get back. Okay. North Queensland Cowboys take on the Canberra Raiders up at 1300 Smiles Stadium. I Fuck still it. can't say it without laughing. Uh this one of course is a uh, uh Saturday game. And it's um gonna be uh, an early Saturday game here. What is it? It's uh five thirty. Five thirty, the five thirty Saturday game. And um Maddie Bowen returns to Cowboys side. Yes. The Cowboys have really gotta they gotta do something. Their record at the moment
1: is um fairly befitting of the way they've been playing, but also fairly disgraceful. They would be the giving themselves a C
0: minus for this season. So far. At best so far.
1: Um, they really went into the season with, with a lot of hype. There was a lot of people talking about them, about being serious contenders, and they've put nothing forward to, to show that that is going to be even remotely the case. Um, I don't know that playing the Raiders is going to play them in any, any real sort of form. I think the style of play for the Raiders, especially now that um, is back in the fold, would probably give the Cowboys a few issues. Uh, long kicking game, kicking to the corners, and... Um, and trying to play field position. Nothing too outrageous in attack. I think that probably suits um, any opposition playing the Cowboys. So uh, Jonathan Thurston's going to have to be at the top of his game to get the Cowboys a win, and I think that might just squeak home.
0: I'll win pretty easy. The Raiders aren't quite there yet. They've shown signs of improvement, but you know they've never been a travelling side. The North Queensland road trip is one of the longest and you know most arduous for a side... To deal with, um, then, then you look. Canberra, at, be getting,
1: Canberra would be getting fairly cold at the moment. Yeah, you go up there into to, to
0: towns where it's still fairly humid. They'll melt. Mm. Yeah, they'll wilt under the pressure of Jonathan Thurston carrying the side on his back again. Okay, now oh, the matches around for some one West Tigers. Someone. yeah, for for someone, West Tigers versus Brisbane Broncos. I
1: looked at the West
0: Tigers uh, season starts now. I think they get over.
1: <laughs> Over the Brisbane Broncos, uh, who were fairly highly touted by anyone that knows anything about rugby league. Um, you know, with the luminaries such as Scott Prince in the side, he'll uh, be looking to have a, a big game against his former squad, but it'll be all to no avail with James Tedesco at fullback. Um, Tim Moulton takes up his rightful place at number seven for the Tigers, uh, where he's got a pr- pretty impressive and imposing record. Um, look, oh, I can't see anything, but it was Tigers' uh, comprehensive dominant victory. What
0: can you tell me about Sean Spence? Oh, Spence. Spencer. That's a, name. That, that's, that's, that's a name that I don't think I've ever seen. I have to say that uh, I know fuck all about Sean Spence, Nathan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, we look at the Tigers. Look at, look at this back line. A back line that, can, that includes players such as Joel needed, Reddy. You only need to say one name. Joel Reddy, Blake Ashford, Matt Utah. That's yeah. a side that's just asking to get carved.
1: James Tedesco. Um, yeah, now hot you know, source. I was... said last episode that he's probably, you know, he's got a future containing, you know, three or four Dalian medals and multiple premierships. Um, I didn't see anything uh, during his representative debut to, to uh, change any of that. Um, I think he, he takes his rightful place in the side um, and will, you know, use his attacking prowess and, and, and general all around brilliance to uh, steer the Tigers to victory. Now, what was it with
0: Curtis Heron on the weekend? It looked like he was injured, but here he is now for the side, so it just wasn't as bad well, as it was if, previously if, thought? Or?
1: If James Tedesco is anything, Nathan, he's, he's, a, he's a champion. He's a hero. Uh, he'll play through pain. Um, he, you know, you could chop off both his limbs, he'd, he'd play.
0: So you're trying to say he's like, he's Matai Jr., is that what you're trying to say?
1: With heart, though. Like, sort of like Matai, in that he runs well, ball, very hard, he's re- quite fast... And can make tackles. Remember his injury got a when he went down like he was hitting shot. That's I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm just, saying, I'm just saying James Tedesco has a heart. Steve Maddai, there's an arsehole where his heart should be. That's all. That's all
0: I'm saying. <laughs> I just remember that time when he when um, when he when he actually injured himself uh, last year. Went down like he was shot. matthai does and that. quite every... frankly, he probably was. Yeah, and, and matthai does that every game. but gets up and plays the game, scores some tries, lays it on. Lays it on a few more tries. Head highs a couple of guys. He's just um, fucking everywhere. i tell like, you,
1: I'm going to put money on uh, Curtis Siren and his first try scorer and uh, Tiger's 13. Plus. And if, uh, you know, I'm not going to encourage you to put your house on it, but at the end of the day, if you put one house on the odds that you would get there, you'd probably have 14 houses by the end of it. That's all I'm saying. That's all The I'm odds saying.
0: you're going to get, if you put one house on it, you'd probably get 350 houses <laughs> because that's what the odds are like. And the way that gambling well, that's works.
1: That's it. That's why I know what punters want, Nathan. And they want tips where they can make thirteen houses or three hundred and fifty houses, as it were, out of one house. Because I know what punters want.
0: And the way that gambling works Hash is fuck off Glenn. the odds are bigger the more unlikely it is for something to happen. And the Tigers win very, very unlikely. But then you know to talk about them, you know, scoring first. Come on, I think you know someone like Josh Hoffman's probably a better option for first try scorer. Just quietly. Or, you know, or Sam Thide, because I mean, let's face it, the Tigers are bustable all over the park. West Tigers you don't have to go wide, march. just go straight up centre.
1: The West Tigers begin their march to their premiership destiny in this game by making a, a, a fairly horrible example of the Brisbane Broncos.
0: Look, I hope I hope they do win. I love seeing the Broncos lose more than I like seeing the Titans the t- lose. So, you know, I really hope you're right. Okay, next up, Gold Coast Titans taking on the Newcastle Knights at Skilled Park Robina. This one is the Sunday early game, 2 p.m. game. And, well, you know, I guess the, another test for the Titans. I had a look at the... This is the closest game of the round, I think, as far as gambling is concerned. Or maybe second closest. But, you know, <clears throat> the Knights haven't been going that bad. I mean, they've you know, kind of looked like, you know, they may be even, you know, thinking of adapting to, you know, Benny Ball and starting to play with some consistency. Not as uh, quickly as we would have thought, but they're slowly getting there. Yeah, I mean, they didn't look great in their last start, but they still managed to jag a win. Um, Titans, you know, they, despite some injuries, they still seem to be able to find a way to win. And uh, after being, you know, horribly destroyed by the Broncos, the jab would have hurt. And... and dealing with Manly. Um,
1: Titans are at home. Aiden Caesar's back in the side. I'm going to tip the Titans
0: here. I think I've... I put my tips in a couple of days ago, um, just so I didn't forget, and I think I've tipped the Titans with no real confidence. This is one of two games, this round that I'm... I'm Based on Knight's
1: last upstart, I'm going to go with the Titans.
0: Yeah, I... I don't really have anything to base it on, but I think I'm going with the Titans as well. Um, it's certainly not because it's a home game. Um, it's certainly not because I really rate the Titans. It's just the Knights are just... You just don't know what yeah, you're going to get. They're too hard to pick. I mean, you know, will you know some of their guys start to fire, you know, after being buoyed by the, the representative, you know, weekend? Like uh, McManus, Boyd, you know, played Uate, of course, and he looked good as well, so he might try and force his way back into the origin side. Yeah. Um, you know I just I just don't know I mean look, looking at the size on paper it seems like a no-brainer that, that you know the Knights would, would get this one but the Titans have you know been defending well and playing you know more than the you know greater than the sum of their parts and uh, yeah I have a feeling that I've tipped Titans 1-12 I'm almost talking myself into tipping the Knights here <laughs> I don't know to be, to be advised I don't know I'm, I'm going to have to go back and uh, really think that one through I think I think it's maybe the toughest one of the round Okay, next, the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks taking on the Canterbury Bulldogs up at Blue Tongue. Is this the first time that the Sharkies have taken a game up there? I think, I'm not 100% sure, but no doubt there's a few dollars in it. Sharkies
1: are fucking struggling financially.
0: Well, I mean, I know know Tigers, uh, I'm not sure if you've taken games up there or if it's just because you happen to play Manly. No, we we have taken games up there. Uh, Rabbits, I know, take games up there. Dogs took one up there earlier in the season. So, gee, they're getting a lot of football up there. I was getting a game a week at this rate. Um, Todd Carney's been named in the side to come yep. back for the
1: Sharks. Um, Chris Hynington playing off the interchange bench, uh, ruining the day he ever left the West Tigers. Um, I have to say, I
0: think the Sharks have got this. This is another one that's very close. I think in um, in betting, I think that the Sharks have been given one and a half points start. At least it was a couple of days ago when I looked at it. I think one it was, and a half. Yeah, I think it's Bulldogs are minus 1.5. so that, obviously they're slight favourites for the match. Two point favourites, uh, based on it's. This is all based on old shit, though. I mean, it's based on last year. These you know, these guys rating the Bulldogs. It's all based on last year. The Sharks in their last start uh, against um, the mighty manly Seagulls. Uh, you know, uh, t- you know they were massively assisted by the referees, but they still you know made a game of it, which is more than I thought they would. Um, doggies. What can you say? 38 nil, blasted out, destroyed by Sonny Bill and his gang. Uh, you know, you think they're going to bounce back, you think, but what's a bounce back for the Bulldogs in 2013? They haven't been good all season. Fair point. Sharkies 1-12. to Yeah, it just comes... It's, the, the problem I always have with tipping the Sharks, and I've had this problem forever in tipping the Sharks, I I'd never enjoy tipping them because they just don't show anything. They've never been a side that's possessed... Creative and sparkling attack. They've always been, even, you know, take it back to as far back as 2008, 2007, they've always had okay defence and minimal defensively oriented side, but coaches change, players change, and they still seem to struggle with the point scoring. Sure. So, Todd Carney
1: changes all that, not to mention yeah. Bay Ryan, who learned everything there is to know at the West Tigers as far as attack goes. Um, Sharky's
0: 112. All right. I'm inclined to tip the Sharkies because, hey, fuck the Bulldogs. <laughs> Next. Penrith Panthers taking on the Parramatta Eels. Centimet Stadium, Monday night foot, bitch. All right.
1: Have a go at the Panthers' backline.
0: Matthew Moylan making his first grade debut. Travis Robinson.
1: Lewis Brown, fair enough. Dean Vare. David Simmons. Tom Humble. Luke Walsh. Fuck me. What an ordinary backline. line. Uh, Eels. Jared Hayne. Jacob Loco, Chris Sandow, um, and the v- speedy, I guess is the word, rapidly improving Luke Kelly at 5'8". Luke Kelly's Perfect going good. Perfect uh, for the unpredictability of, of Chris Sandow in the halfback. Position Luke Kelly uh, steadies the ship, uh, very conservative sort of guy, good kicking game, builds pressure, good kick chase. Um, and very good selective passing game. So he he's uh, very impressive there at five eight, which makes the Eels decision to sign Corey Norman. As I said a couple of weeks ago, um, even more strange because that kid um, different style of player to Norman, but I think he's every bit
0: as good. It, happened, I'm have it to happens go with the all Eels the time, here. though, doesn't it? They unearth a a rookie who sort of comes good right at the time they you know they've gone in and out and tried to you know sign an experienced player as a replacement. Yeah, they I'm going like go to go with the Eels
1: um, I don't think the Panthers will have the points in them To get over Parramatta um, I think Jared Hayne And Chris Sandow, Chris Sandow Will
0: um, lead the way Eels
1: 13 plus quite easily
0: The Panthers are They're just not a very good side And I just don't see them getting better
1: Tell you who is impressive for the Panthers Is Adam Docker Yeah kid, the kid can run Kid can put on a hit
0: Yep Very impressive stuff From the young man I'm interested to see how this Moilan goes. Uh, you know, I know that the Panthers fans on Twitter are quite excited to see him make his debut. Um, yeah, you know, Vare he went he went quite well in the rep stuff on yeah. the weekend. I thought he went far better than I thought he would. I mean, I thought it was maybe a bit early to call him up, and he was you know just almost called up by default because they didn't have anyone else they could draw on. Sure. But I thought he you know out of the Kiwis, I think he he acquitted himself you know very well. Um, yeah, I just when you compare the back lines, and Parramatta don't have the best back line in the world, but she has some key positions where they have it all over them. Um, And even through the forwards,
1: and you've got um, Ben Smith, who's a very solid defender and and gives you some hard line running in in attack. Uh, Rennie Matua, who's a, um, you know, a god. Um, And then Tim Manor in the front row. I think... uh, Up until the point where Ben Roberts comes on the field, I think Paramount is going to have their way with Penrith.
0: Yeah, that's the real, real, uh, you know, much like uh, games where Gidley's coming on. You know, when Ben Roberts comes on, that could be the, you know, that's the real danger time for the Eels. But I think they'll win it, uh, you know, fairly comfortably. That is full time for episode 117. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. We're on Facebook, as you know, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. So make sure you hit that like button and share our stuff and spread the word, basically. Do us a solid iTunes. Get amongst it. No reviews this week, so hit iTunes and give us a review if you have not already. And let's face it, I mean, you know what? We've got 200... 50 or something like that maybe you know ratings and stuff like that but that leaves a lot of people who haven't given us a review yet so please if you have the time get on iTunes look up this week in league or look up in the you know what's hot section or new and noteworthy we'll be there somewhere and um throw us a review now tipping no change to tipping or fantasy this week due to the rep weekend so uh, rather than you know regurgitate what the you know the the placements were last week um Listen to last week's episode it's exactly the same but make sure you get your tips in make sure you get your team set for super coach and get them all ready for this weekend and finally the shop we still have some stock of the revelation shirt hats and stubby cores probably less shirts than the other two uh, so hit up thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop because we're basically clearing that stuff out so we can get new stuff in uh, and especially the shirts too um you know, obviously, we've got a lot of ideas for shirts and things that we want to get uh, get going. And, uh, yeah, as soon we clear out the Revelation stuff, as soon we can get it going. And, of course, if you spend over 50 bucks, we will throw in Stubby Cooler for free. <laughs> there's no better deal than that. It's a fantastic deal. And thanks to the people who've been buying the stuff, too, over the last couple of weeks. Appreciate Let's it. Let's
1: hope uh, there's plenty more to come. And don't forget, when you are out repping this week in league merch make sure you take a photo of it put it up on Facebook or on Twitter mm-hmm. yeah exactly I want to see you guys out there in the streets uh,
0: spreading the good love exactly exactly and wearing our merch and you know also you know we want to we want to give away uh, you know from South East Snapbacks you know we can give away something, something a month too so if we don't come up with a competition it's basically going to come down to whoever's repping the show the best over that month exactly and they get an NRL team hat of their choice so that's it Done. done short episode short episode Big short week, week actually coming week. up yep.
1: can't wait to see the uh the West Tigers get things started for real and uh stop kick stop kicking cans start taking shit seriously start dominating as they're expected to do by anyone that knows anything about rugby league
0: <laughs> who's on mushrooms at the time <laughs> <laughs> honestly um yeah i don't I don't think the Tigers have much chance. Um, But I wish the best because they're playing the Broncos and I love to see the Broncos lose. Excellent. So I wish you the best. I'm going for the Tigers. Thank you. But not financially with my tipping money or my betting money. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, and I guess, you know, I don't want my multi to fall over then because the Tigers winning. So I guess after all that, I'm probably not going for them after all. (laughs) Time for me to leave.